The Overview is a production of Chaman V TV. Find out more about the show at chamanv.tv. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 80 of The Overview. I'm Chamian V, and joining me today, our ZP in flame. But once again, we, we've just, we're getting used to just seeing Doomfist now. Like, I, I don't, I think we're seeing more of Doomfist than we are seeing of you these days, ZP. In, in fairness, I am getting over, like, I being know. exceptionally <laughs> ill. So, yes, it's yes, a miracle yes. I'm here at all. Let, let's yeah, be real. Gosh. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's a miracle. True. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ben, guys, isn't here today. He's busy planning TwitchCon or helping with the planning of TwitchCon. So um, he'll be back next week. But I uh, wanted to definitely do the show before I myself have to go to TwitchCon. So um, got lots. Uh, actually, we don't have as much as we normally do uh, to talk about this week. But definitely some big Korean matches that, and, you know, Korean versus China type of matches that, that I think are worth talking about, given that we haven't really covered Apex very much in the recent weeks. Um, and then some news with just the general game, and it got uh, quite a few questions this week too. At least three emails. If you are interested in emailing us and you know, having us maybe read it out on the show, go ahead and email that to the overview at chamanv.tv, and we'll we'll get to it. I have episode seventy two. Oh my god, what am I doing today, man? It's crazy. Uh, but anyways, yeah, Flame, how you been doing, man? Pretty good. Been, been busy. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of mad I'm not going to TwitchCon. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'm pretty jealous because I got an invite to some Discord party and it was like yeah, yeah. a Madion concert at an aquarium. And That's I was like, right, this sounds like the greatest, most ridiculous thing that I'm never gonna ever be able to go to ever again. I'm pretty mad about it. <laughs> you know, hearing that, I think Hex is upset by proxy because that he loves aquariums. Like aquariums are his job. aquariums are great, dude. The um, uh, the Pax West party, Twitch party was at the Seattle Aquarium. And that was the first party I've been to at an aquarium. I mean, like one of these esports ones. I, maybe ever. I don't think I've ever been to any party at an aquarium. But that party was sick. It was just, it was awesome because it was just so spread out. So, you know, like, you know, most Switch parties are these like small clubs and stuff, whatever they are, right? And you're all packed and it's super loud. It was like the complete opposite at the aquarium. So um, I bet that Discord party is going to be pretty sweet. My biggest issue at the average Twitch party, at least after, like, say, BlizzCon or something, is just if you don't get drinks in the very beginning of the party, you're definitely not getting drinks later on because the line is just... Well, see, that's Wait, the thing. Can we discuss something really important? Oh, God, what? Do you think the fish enjoy the music? <laughs> well, okay, funny story about that is that in, no. Se in Seattle, yeah, well, I don't... I, I say it doesn't matter. I don't think they care. The funny story is that downstairs at the aquarium in Seattle, they were doing karaoke in an, in like when the, the, you know, the, the, the giant tank where the ceilings, the, you know, like the aquarium too. So it's just like this dome, uh, you know, type of a, uh, a tank or whatever. They were doing karaoke in that room. So the fish were getting a chance to listen to people sing the entire time, which I don't know if, if the fish aren't going to like music, they're not going to like people singing terribly. But anyways, yeah, so there's going to be some part. That's going to be a fun party. I'm definitely going to try to make it there, too. Um, but before TwitchCon, we, why don't we talk about some of the Overwatch news that's going on right now? Uh, we, I think we're going to start off with some Overwatch League news, given that we don't have too many things to talk about. Weren't as many leaks this week. 
<laughs> but, uh, you know, we did get at least one of the uh, team names confirmed, or at least the brand officially announced, which was the San Francisco Shock. Not shocking at all, since we, you know, kind of all, pretty much were predicting that already. But what do you guys think of the logo and, you know, just the general announcement? I don't think they leaked the logo yet. Or I don't think they announced the logo. What do you mean? I mean, we uh, saw... I, I, I refuse saw... to believe that the word shock is their logo. <laughs> Dude, I think it is. Shock with no. the little lines and stuff? No, that's 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 not their logo. I, re I refuse to believe that that's their logo. Okay, Blizzard GP. was pushing for, like... Blizzard <laughs> was pushing for uniformity in the league. There's no way that their logo is just the word shock. ZP, no, I think it, that's just that... the... I'm pretty sure it's just, like, the bar lines underneath it. Like, I, I think the lines might move. Like, they might move, like, you know, no. a equalizer or something like that but i'm guessing that's what it is no shanghai has the s dragon oh dallas God. has the flame okay i'm, I'm telling you flame I'm, I'm miami <laughs> has the m with the bomb thing that was leaked <laughs> what is the shot i ref i can't i don't i refuse to leave it as a seismograph like what are you gonna be it, what are you gonna wear hats for san francisco it's, shock and there's just a little seismograph on i, th hat I think it. that's the logo i don't believe that why, why would they be the only what? team that not have Because maybe the team. trademark's not done. That's my only uh, tinfoil hat answer. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it, wrong. It's, it's got the, really the waves hard. going from No, I'm not too. reaching. I, I, Blizzard was pushing for uniformity in the logos. Like, they wanted every team to have, like, a logo that was real. And, like, you could, like, slap on some apparel. I don't think the word shock is the logo. I think it's just the name. Because if you look at Doomfist, like what about shoulder, the size of underneath it? Well, what no, no, about, what about the rings that are, that are coming from it too? Like you know, shockwaves. That's just the font, man. There was there was a there's on Doomfist chest. There's an SF, but it's it's like an SF little logo thing. I think that's. Oh, it. you're talking about when they're showing the skins and stuff, maybe? No, no, no like, he's talking about like on Doomfist in the announcement in the little thing. announcement there's thing. A, there's a little oh, logo right, on his right. chest, and I feel like it's not done yet. Let me see this. Oh, yeah, you're right. Let me see. Let's take a look at this. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe we're arguing over. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Jeez, it is man. just the word shock, yeah, but I, I feel like that breaks the mold. I feel like that's okay. probably the, the, this orange It's probably thing? the seismograph. Yeah, it's probably the seismograph. I think ZP, I think ZP is right. I'm, I'm in ZP's boat in this. I, I think that this is the at least the core of the design or the you know concept so, of the design. Wait, I'm just going to come up to you in person like... And give, show the hat to you with the seismograph on it. If that is oh, no, well, if it is, that, if it is, then it's then that's what it is. But oh, I feel man. like there wasn't any like declaring of it being the logo. I, I mean, I, I, th I, I think when they show ways, their brand, I just assume that's their logo. I mean, if they're declaring their name and showing their Twitter account and their Instagram account, what all that stuff, I assume that what I see is their logo. I mean that. Right? I mean that that should be a safe assumption, I would think. But um, uh, I mean, I, we'll we'll find out, I guess. <laughs> okay, I guess your take is it's not that great. <laughs> no, no, it's not that's not great. It's okay. just I feel like it's just not a logo. It's a logo. I, I mean, anyways, <laughs> I mean, we'll just disagree on that. Like New York Yankees has like the NY. You know, you don't just put the word Yankees on the things. And no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think the shock like name is part of the logo. I think it's a, just it's the seismograph. I'll, I'm down with the seismograph, but I don't. I feel like it's not the seismograph. Well, there should be. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you that. There probably will be some kind of iconic type of representation of yeah. their logo. But 
it's going to be based on that seismograph thing, though. Yeah, that's what I would assume. Um, my my but, question is, though, here's my biggest uh, issue, is that if the seismograph is going to play into it here, why do they not have Lucio as the hero that they're announcing with? Like, where does Doom... Because Soundquake play? isn't announced yet. So Soundquake? Th thanks, yeah, Bazo. Soundquake the leak? Wasn't there, like, a leak about Soundquake? Soundquake? What is this? Is there a team that's going to be called the Soundquake? Wait, what? No, there was, a, there was a hero that was, like, oh, rumored uh, to be a hero. Like some concept, but yeah, but art. they're using Doomfist, so well, yeah, because there's a hero that's not out yet. Maybe Lucio's somewhere else. Okay, I think it's just the colors. <laughs> I think the colors actually wait. No, it makes sense that it's Doomfist because Doomfist punches the ground, like he has like seismic slam or something, right? Sure, that's sure. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it could be Doomfist. It's just it's not like yeah. the San Francisco beats. God. All right, we're getting a little ridiculous. Uh, yeah, how long this discussion is good. This is really wait, 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 wait. Why are this we comparing all... music? Why are we comparing music? I don't music? even know why we're in activity. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyways, they officially announced it. Uh, we didn't get you know too much more than that. Um, but right now, you know, somebody made a Reddit thread. I think it was today that kind of uh, summed up, you know, just the the confirmed team names, and then you know the ones that were are, are still uh, rumored. And the ones that we just heard nothing about, which uh, the ones we've heard nothing about are Boston, Houston, L.A., the other L.A. in Philadelphia, right? Um, but the rumors he has on here are London Spitfire, L.A. Gladiators, of course, Miami Mayhem, New York Excelsior, and then Seoul Dynasty. And the Seoul Dynasty one, like somebody registered that recently, right? So that one's pretty, I mean, usually when they register the domain, it's it's been true, right? At least with the previous one, so... I'm assuming the Soul Dynasty is uh, probably going to be announced in the in the near future, but um, I think three it? of them have trademarks out. That's or four of them even That's for the rumored ones. Yeah, I don't okay. think Spitfires is um, Gladiators for sure, right? Yeah. Gladiators was Excelsior was mm -hmm. Dynasty was and Mayhem was. Well, the, the interesting thing about p these potential leaking because of that is that if you want to mess up announcements, the legal system is the way to go. Where because you have to cover right. your butts, people have just <laughs> right. learned. To, we're we're gonna just gonna see if anyone's filed a trademark relating to this. Uh, it's, like, oh. it's pretty easy at this point. I mean, everybody knows to do that, <laughs> so everybody's literally just watching for. Whoever. Well, the, the only way you get around is you have to file like multiple trademarks at the same time with like different names, but that. Courses. That's expensive. It's like not yeah, even I, worth I, it. I, it's like, yeah. yeah. Who cares, right? At that point. Um, so, do you think we'll find out all of them by the 30th? I mean, the next two weeks, right? Like, we should know all the, the team names. You would oh, think. Yeah, I would assume before then. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you want to be that last team, but someone's going to be the last team. Yeah. Well, as long as you're the best one, it's all good. <laughs> if you're not That's the true. best. That's one, actually true. Maybe it doesn't matter as yeah. long as you have a. Sick name or sick logo. Well, you yeah. save the best for last, right? Like yeah. that. You can. Uh, there's multiple ways of spitting this. If your last team to announce, especially if your team name is good. Now, if your team <laughs> name is not so good, well, yeah, uh, I think most of the team names are pretty good. Like, but either rumored or uh, confirmed. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the Spitfire ones, but some people love Spitfire. I'm, I'm just kind of uh, that one was like. I'm pretty sure someone made like a concept art or some nonsense and then that's just like a twitter account that bren's following but like if anyone if anyone knows anything it's like don't trust bren so i don't <laughs> think that that's a real account man 
Yeah, that also, was... Spitfires was the name. I think it's an absolutely fine name. It's one of the most yeah, I think it's, planes it's of all time. It's unique, for sure. It's definitely... You're definitely I just hope that it, of well, like, Spitfire makes me think of, like... I want to say there was, like... It was, like, a skateboard company. Spitfire. I, really? I just know the logo. Yeah. Also, hmm. uh, some of the bit more baser names that people might want to go for for a London franchise, apparently, like... You can't really use talking to people from the UK because it was just like, for example, if London were in the United States, you would obviously go to something like, oh, the London Royals, or you know, use something to like reference the monarchy because that's really iconic. Apparently, that's a, that's, that. a, that's a no no, by the way. Like, you can't Tracer do based. that for a London uh, team. You can't like reference at the Royal or anything like that. It's a no no. The, the monarchy is a no no, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, it's, apparently it is not uh, socially acceptable. Though, right, like, right. Like that. Still got to respect them. I like uh, the lads, the London lads. That was the, a good name. The London but... lads? Yeah, that's just a little lads. too informal, though. Or the right? Lanimals. The Lanimals was also <laughs> the in Lanimals. Yeah. Make up a name for it. Yeah. Well, we'll find out really soon. And I uh, can't wait to see some more of the announcements and the releases that, you know, they've been pretty fun up to uh, just to date uh but let's move on to some news player team news um the biggest one is that team soul added three more players to their roster munchkin fleta and zephyr were added uh so a lot of people very very hyped you know just about um you know like fans of team soul obviously like fleta and munchkin in particular in zephyr too uh i think those additions are I think upgrades, pretty clear upgrades to um, you know some of the the weaknesses that Lunatic High has had in the past. So, um, what do you guys think about this addition? Just uh, maybe each one of them, and maybe what holes they fill. Well, I think it's interesting that Munchkin uh, like was able to get in just because he was on a, a world journey, right, where he used to be with <laughs> yeah. Laser Kittens yeah. and like was sort of up and down depending on the time. Apparently, he had wrist issues or something, and. It, it's a strong recovery to go from being on LK a while back, sort of disappearing for a while, and then coming back strong for uh, Lunatic High and into uh, Overwatch League. So, kudos to him. Well, the story goes that he was actually supposed to be on Lunatic High before he joined Laser Kittens, but he was like a toxic ranked troll that like the Soul fans or the Korean fans were just like, get this off of my pristine boy band Overwatch really? team. Wow. And then it went to Laser Kittens after that. And then now, since they're not associated with Apex and they can, like, run away from the Korean Reddit clone, then now they have, like, more freedom to not care because he's coming to Overwatch League and not going to have really? Inven crawling wow. down his skin. Yeah. I mean, you would still think that, like, a large fan base of theirs would still be based in... You know, in no, they will. I mean, but so. it's like if they start winning, then whatever, right? It's been like a year. I mean, I don't know how long sure. they hold grudges, but they needed to. I mean, I mean, he's good. Like he pounded for them this weekend. Like oh, he was actually sure. like he was just great. like probably he was probably like one of the best tracers we've seen in a while. That wasn't you know someone that we've been watching. So it's like, will the fans give up, give in for the stats and the hype and just the gameplay? I don't know. Yeah. Just um, saying that you're doomed now, Flame, by the way, just so you know. Inven likes me. I'm I forget what the thread there was a there's a couple threads about me on Inven. I'm clear <laughs> on Inven. Are, are you sure really? it doesn't just change to like liked like past heads now? Like well, I mean, I've never been I've never, I've never What have you done, Flame? I don't know, man. It's fine. <laughs> you totally blown like your me. Yeah, no, your fan base there. No, that's yeah. the thing. That's yeah. how it works. It's like Inven's like this like 
it's like Reddit, but it has like political views and it has like culture and like biases and like it's like Reddit if Reddit was like unified on anything, which like makes which would be like really scary, you know? Like if you said something and then like are you calling it, like, never never calling it like a fusion like, between like our competitive had. Overwatch and our politics or like what? Uh, like yeah, like if but like if somehow they were starting to like compare your Overwatch play to politics and then you had like a very strong. I don't know. It's scary. I just know it's scary. It's so scary that like when Kaiser joins my Discord chat, he like won't talk sometimes because he's afraid that like there's an, there's a spy in my Discord that's like gonna rat on him to the really. Wow. Yeah, that's that's not good. <laughs> that's a little no, a little scary. Um, but okay. Well, what about Fleta? I mean, I think Fleta. Uh, most people felt like was stuck on Flash Lux for a while and was carrying hard. And and now that he's getting a chance to play with some of the best support players that we're starting to see him just, you know, just, just like be free and flourish like crazy, which we saw um, in some of the matches that we're going to be talking about soon. What do you think about that edition? Fudo was like an anomaly. Like Fudo was like on one of the worst teams (laughs) in Apex history and like always had good games. Like he never looked bad. Like everyone always used to, say that his team was like ELO hell but he was always doing well and he was like always farming and then now he's on a team that can give him like the proper support and he just like can play his game and he's actually so good I think it's somewhat of a testament to the idea that yes uh, you could have bad team results but still look good individually yeah. depending I mean depending on the role right obviously as a DPS player you're gonna have more opportunities to sort of like break out and do crazy shit than if you're a really good support player and your DPS are terrible but I mean, across the board, it's just a good story, right? Where it's sort of climb the competitive ladder, rung by rung, and then, okay, <laughs> you're in Lutakai now. And also, you're in Overwatch League. So. Yeah. It's hard to look good, man, whenever your your support players aren't aren't doing well. So the fact that he was I able mean, to... I Flash even... wasn't... I don't want to, like, bash Flash no, I mean, like, they were players weren't like, bad. They were just, like, not. there's some it's teams just... that have, like, shitty teamwork, and then you just lose. I mean, Flood was, like... I wouldn't call Flutter like this came out of nowhere kind of player. He's been like, Flutter, mm-hmm. the problem with Flash Lush is that they always won challengers and then they'd make right. it into Apex and they just get dumpstered. But then they go back into relegation through um, challengers and then be like, okay, we're going to win challengers again. Like, they would never lose the qualification matches for Apex, but then they'd never win matches in Apex. So they were like the gatekeepers to Apex in a way. But he was definitely like standout player and like even players that. Even like even when you beat Flash Lux, you still felt like Fleta did well. Right, and that's saying a lot. That's hard. Yeah. It's hard to do that. Most of the time, whenever you know you have these type of stompings, that it's just like every player just doesn't look good during that. So, um, uh, also let's uh, just refer to Fleta and his incredible like RNG and in deciding when he was born and getting born in the grand year of 1999, which is the best year to be born if you're trying to get into Overwatch oh. League. That means that he just <laughs> oh, turned right. 18. He okay. just turned 18, like. A month ago, so well done, Flutter. You you really had the perfect birthday. Well, it's more, more done, more like well done, Flutter, mom and dad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Good, good job to them. Um, so next, another question I want to ask you guys is just what does that mean for the existing DPS players for uh, Team Soul? You know, like S. Well, you know, obviously, who are you? And I mean, I, I think he's fine. But Eska and, and Guido, like, what are, what are they going to be doing? I mean, I, playing, I feel like they're going to be playing Genji, and Eska's going to be. I mean, like, this is, like, the same question you ask every single time that there's... People are going to start announcing rosters, right, for Overwatch League, and they're going to have, like, eight or nine people. It's the same question for every single team. I think you just, you know, you do what you got to do. You show up to practice. You play. You give your inputs. You watch the scrims your teams are playing in. You give input on your matches, and, like, you become a support player on the sidelines. 
And I mean, I expect Eska to do that. Everyone always said that he had like really good shot calling and game sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. he was like very known for that. So I'd expect him to fall more into like a backup slash coaching role, similar to like a runner kind of like dad. Um, yeah, but that's that scenario. shouldn't be your player. Ro- that shouldn't be a person on your roster, though, right? I mean, that should be. I mean, like you said, it doesn't coach. matter, right? It's like, I mean, they have coaches. I don't think he's like qualified for coaching. Maybe, maybe he's not like a leader outside of the game. But I mean, there's going to be bench players that probably don't get a lot of time in Overwatch League in general. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, and to that point, it's I, a problem for Overwatch League. You are going to need bench depth, period. Just like you have it in traditional sports, where you look at your average NBA team, they're players that just do not see play until garbage time uh my favorite example is going back to celtics uh like ages ago brian scalabrini where it's just like oh if he's in the game i guess the celtics are either winning really hard or losing really hard because that's pretty yeah, much it he was like a mask <laughs> almost like a mascot like in that way um but, but true but he was good i mean don't get me wrong brian, brian scalabrini is still in the nba so he's obviously still very very good i thought but- he Wait, wait, wait no, not not now. But I'm just saying the fact that he was in the oh, NBA okay. just meant uh, I was gonna say. Yeah. I was gonna, <laughs> no, no, I <laughs> see him on talk Brady. shows. And is stuff he now. the Highlander? No, is no, he immortal? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, no, no. no. But, but what I was gonna say here is that you—it's not acceptable, right, to have a situation where, like, say, a main player gets sick and then you don't have anyone available to play. So you you have to have the bench depth, even if you're not expecting a player to play over like one of your starters. I mean, yeah, you, and there's people are going to burn out during the season, I'm sure. So you need like people there for when that happens. I mean, we're talking about what five DPS players for them now. Is that right? Mm, four or five, but I mean, again, it's not like I don't think that there's a world where like Guido or Eska can't like learn to play like an off tank or something. Like most most DPS can transition to like Zarya pretty well. I mean, Diva just got reworked to be more like DPS friendly. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I don't know that they'll ever be taking Miro out. Miro's probably like pretty solid. I think main tank will probably be one of like the least swapped out roles throughout the entirety of Overwatch League. But between DPS off tank and support, like I imagine, I don't know, like we've seen who is it? The Genji for Runaway. I don't know why his name is slipping my mind right now. But he just he goes Lucio and then he pounds. And then the same thing can happen probably for like I don't know. I'm not saying Eska can play support. I'm just saying like there's definitely potential for these players to learn different heroes and become like specialists also on the roster hexel yeah okay yeah i can see that so you don't think main main tank will have um many backups on the roster like it's i know it's hard especially in like na right to find find tanks but um, um i mean you could it... but i think it's more like when it comes to tanks in the game right now it's like there's not that many, right? It's mostly Reinhardt, Winston, and then maybe Orisa if you consider that part of that same hero pool. Yeah. But the, for, the other, for the other heroes, it's like harder to. There's a lot less. There's a lot more heroes in that role to learn. So, like, it makes sense to get more players for those roles. Like, you want more DPS because half the heroes in the game are DPS. So, you'd rather more players that are good at those heroes. Well, the other thing, too, is that you think about how a team works in terms of calling and how everyone works around it. You're generally playing around your main tank. So anytime you swap who your main tank is, it's a one of the more drastic changes you can make. I feel like it's easier to slot in a different DPS player than it is to slot in a main tank and have everyone learn to work around that main tank. I mean, a- any change whatsoever it can be a little bit rough in chemistry until people get comfortable with it. But main tank in particular, I mean, it's just I think it's difficult for teams to swap around it because even of tanks that are all considered high caliber, there's clear differences in skill and how they play, how they decide to go in, uh, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. 
You know, Miro did come up recently. It was something I, uh, I think I had on the notes last week, but we just didn't get to it. But it felt like it might be an interesting time to bring it up. Um, but yeah, with Miro, uh, you know, we, we saw some article about uh, talking about just that teams are starting to figure out just how Miro plays. And that's kind of why you're seeing, you know, maybe a, a decrease in Miro's performance or at least his effectiveness. Uh, and, and, you know, there were times, too, that you would just see him overplay or, or just be overly aggressive uh, a few times, like in uh, the Soul Cup, as well as even in some of the Apex matches. Uh, so question to you. Do you guys see anything in Miro's play that's any different than it's been? Or is it really just like people are game planning around him? And I think focus on Winston has been a strategy for a lot of teams just to take out the Winstons quickly. And, and that's like the key to, to really winning, um, you know, just winning team fights. So is there anything there in the, that points to Miro, you know, not playing as well or anything like that? Uh, not for me. I mean, I don't know. I look at that team and sometimes previous, I don't know, watching them this weekend was completely different than watching them getting eliminated from Apex because they finally had like two superstar DPSs at the same time that could yeah. flex to like literally every single hero. Um I was pretty impressed with Miro actually in the finals against Kongdu, mm -hmm. but I mean it, it comes down to like how your team plays. Some teams bait their DPS players so the tanks can get the kills, and then some teams bait their tanks so the DPS can get the kills. Like if Miro's dying, it's probably for a good reason. I mean, there was like that article too or that interview with Reinforce recently where he was talking about like how he used to come off as a feeder, but he would always like charge in and like usually like knock people out of position or just folk everyone would just focus him and then his team would just clean up behind him. So, like, I think against Busan, or I think it was Busan that knocked them out. Yeah, GC Busan. Um, they definitely had the edge. I think that Busan is just a really refined team right now. They look really good. But I think that they also have, like, a little bit more power, and they seem a lot more on point with their alt usage during that series. Um, but not having the DPS firepower for Lunatic High definitely makes Miro look worse at the end of the day. But I think, like, during this series, he looked a lot better. And... I don't think it's like them figuring it out. It's just Lunatic High's playstyle revolves around him making space for other people. And then if it's not the right DPS that are following it up, then they look worse. But mm -hmm. I mean, this weekend he was going in making space. And I mean, Fleta and Munchkin at the same time were just able to do whatever they wanted. <laughs> yeah, well, in the finals yeah. particular. I mean, I think he wasn't quite as effective against Miraculous Youngsters. But um, what don't we talk about? Let's talk about the Soul Cup. Um, well, I, I just want to add one yeah. thing that Miro, Miro note as well is that don't mm -hmm. forget too for Miro, like he was way, way ahead of the game uh, a year ago where people were just mm -hmm. like, oh, you can do this with Winston, etc. Obviously, over time, people have looked at like what Miro's been doing that's effective and it's not like you see other Winstons incorporating that into their gameplay. He could still be playing really well. It's just you also have a case where effectively people have learned some of those tricks over time so the net difference between having Miro on your team versus other tank might be a little bit less but well like yeah and I mean to that point too I think Zumba's playstyle is super different than normal like Zumba sits on top of Jaehong and Toby and protects them from tracers like nine times out of ten throughout games like Birdring didn't feel like he had a big impact mm -hmm. on the series against C9 when it was C9 Lunatakai because Birdring was just getting shut down by defense matrix the entire game but, like, to compensate for that, they need to let Miro die more because, like, he's not he getting defense off. matrix. Like, his he's tanks, his, his off tank's not going in with him. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of on an island in that regard where he doesn't have the D.Va protection and they're just kind of basing their strat around, okay, Miro's going to go in, Munchkin's going to go in. And then to compensate for us diving with our DPS, we're going to have our off tank protect the supports. And it generally worked out for them. 
So I think it's just more like if Miro goes in and he doesn't have a diva with him, well, then obviously he's going to die. He's like diving into well, and if he doesn't die, he's just... and Tracer and all this other stuff. Yeah, and then if he doesn't die, he's just popping off and having a great play. Well, he's just playing amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did we uh, touch on Zephyr at all, by the way? No, uh, we haven't talked about Zephyr yet, but you, go ahead. Okay. Like, you want to talk, uh, talk about Zephyr at all? No, I just want to mention just another case yeah. of, because uh, like there's interesting parallels between him and Munchkin, the idea that they both like had sort of uh, times in the West, uh, the times in the mm-hmm. West were sort of hit or miss, and then mm-hmm. just able to come back around and get with the right people in Korea, and then it's like, oh, by the way, actually uh, now with Luna Takai and also on Team Seoul. So just nice recovery for Zephyr, where it, it's sort of interesting how some teams seem to be cursed uh, f- for one reason or another, and yet the team breaks up. The players go elsewhere. The players do really well. <laughs> I could see, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could see the last incarnation of C nine NA sort of being another extenu or not extent. What was I gonna say? Continuation yeah, of yeah, yeah. that trend. Yeah, I mean, there was lo- there's a lot of like I think people are giving flack to Zephyr's pickup because they're like, oh, who are used better? But like, I get that, or like, I get that stance. But it's like. Again, you need people on the bench. And Zephyr definitely proved that he was good enough this weekend. He just has a very different play style, I think, than who are you. He plays a lot more He's he's got a wider range too. Yeah, he, I yeah, mean he plays more range. he plays more attack, like he plays more offensively, and I think it makes Miro look better. Like Miro looked better with Zephyr in the game. Um but again, it's like if he maybe they're just trying maybe this is like, I don't want to say it's a tryout, but it's like, you know, what's working the best. Yeah. Um and then they'll let Zumba go back in. I mean, they just won this super match. That was good for them. Um, obviously, they, did, they didn't beat Runaway. They didn't beat Busan. Mm-hmm. And you don't really know. I mean, Miraculous Youngsters played really well, but that series was really close. So, like, it wasn't, like, a convincing win or whatever. Um, I will say that they, like, smacked Kungdu Panthera. But I think people expected that after watching Kungdu Panthera and Apex because they didn't really make any changes. C9 Kungdu, sorry. Team London. Um, <laughs> right, right. But point being that, like, I think Zephyr proved that he's definitely good enough to hang, and he definitely can, oh. you know, play well. I mean, I would say Miraculous Youngsters look great. So I, I wouldn't say Miraculous Youngsters are, were just, like, you know, Lucky Fortune or anything like that. I mean, they're, they're definitely a better... No, they were really They good. were way yeah, better than Lucky Fortune. So, yeah, I mean, that match was... Uh, they look pretty even, to be honest, but Lena Takai obviously ended up winning that 3-2. But I think that was more Miraculous Youngster looking good, you know? And, and um, so... Lunatic High, you know, with Fleta, I think looks way better. You know, just even just with Fleta, you know, uh, by himself and being subbed into the lineup, uh, than what we saw against GC Busan. I mean, they got crushed by GC Busan. It wasn't even like that close. So th- that was a different team that we saw this past weekend, and that's good. That's looking very, very good, at least for Team Seoul. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the Chinese teams. You know, like that—that that was like one of the big intrigues of this uh, Super Cup, you know, Seoul Cup, uh, which was having two of the Korean teams play against the Chinese teams and seeing kind of where China is because you know, we don't talk too much about Chinese Overwatch, particularly on this show, and that's mostly our fault. And then you know, the reason not to talk. There's obviously plenty going on in in, in China right now, uh, but you know, I think this was a measuring stick for them. And the first match we saw, the first semifinals we saw with C9 Kungdu, I mean, they destroyed Lucky Fortune. I mean, it was not even close. <laughs> they, it looked like, you know, definitely a different level. Uh, what'd you guys take from that match? Or at least, Flame, what'd you take from that match? If um, That was one I didn't watch, but I heard Lucky Fortune was missing players for whatever reason. So, I mean, 
Yeah, it might have um, been. It, might, it wasn't their fault. I don't think it was lucky like future, right? Anyway. It's lucky future. Is it's it not future? Fortune. Oh, I thought it was fortune. Yeah, you're like, you're like making yeah, future. Sorry, now. Oh, it's future. future. Gosh, I like totally um, reading wrong. <laughs> no, lucky future was like missing players, I yeah. think, and had like a sub or something. So I didn't take much away from that. I think it would have been better. I, I kind of wanted a miraculous youngsters versus Lunatic High yeah, final, but yeah, yeah, that would have been cool. I wanted to see Miraculous Junctures play C9, Kungdu, and just seeing how they matched up, too. No, they would have smacked them, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> well, I don't know. They felt... It depended when they played them. I think during the Lunatic High match, you could, like, feel Miraculous Junctures kind of, like, falling apart. Well, they were up 2-0, like, so... I mean, they, they were up 2-0, yeah. and then they had this, like, really, really good, arguably free push going into second point mm -hmm. on... Um, yeah. What's it called? On Lunar Colony, and then they kind of, like... Like beefed that one push and they spent six minutes trying to like regroup and it didn't really work out and then they stuck on like widow on dorado for a really long time yeah, when it didn't work weird. out too like i feel yeah. like leave started losing his confidence and bird ring started gaining his like not bird ring thinking of the other game um leave was just losing the 1v1s to either um, who are you or, or fleta or like yeah, yeah yeah they were like they were just getting he was getting bullied oh yeah it was who are you yeah it was who are you was just bullying him the entire match and then he kind of just like fell off and then started stop he like just stopped playing Tracer. But they were doing really well on the Doomfist McCree comp, but they gave up on it also. I don't like you can tell that they were swapping heroes. They're, they're like their DPS players were just swapping the entire game and it worked for a while, but then you could feel towards the end of like Dorado that they really were just not sure what they should be playing. Mm -hmm. And like the tempo okay. started to really started to favor Lunatic Eye, and then they kind of lost control and it just spiraled. Man, but, first off. No, go ahead, ZB. No, I was just gonna say the "Who are you?" note. I just anytime "Who are you?" does well, I like to imagine that he's just taking out his rage at being born too early. He's like, "I wish I was eighteen, Ugh, just like laying it down and crushing <laughs> people." That, that bird. Thing. I mean, yeah, he's got a. I mean, he's got a, he's got a really good future ahead of him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no question, dude. The McCree on um, miraculous youngsters. He was amazing. I don't want to like totally butcher his name. I think it was Young Young Jialong. Yeah, Young Jialong. He was amazing, dude. Um, I mean, kind of. He. It was mostly when he played McCree that was just like highlight material, uh, particularly on this. Was it the second game? I think there's the the second game where he he literally won it outright for them, like the, the very end of that that um, that game. I for, I forget which map it was on, but um, God, I mean, Twitch, I'll probably remember it. Anyways, there were there were definitely key moments where I, I felt like he was carrying hard for them, and it was impressive too. Just like watching his aim and and. Um, you know, having the the point of view actually be on him was pretty amazing to see. He played some soldier too, played you know pretty well. But um, I forget what the other the other heroes he played. But when he was on the other heroes, he was definitely not as effective for sure. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention here. I was just uh, asking Hex his thoughts on some of the Chinese teams because, of course, he spent uh, the last yeah, uh, it, uh, yeah, six yeah, weeks doing OWPS stuff. And uh, so here, here's some thoughts on Hex uh, coming in here. First of all, he says that Leave is known for staying on Widow entirely too long, where he just like, <laughs> like okay. I will stay on Widow forever. <laughs> where we actually yeah. saw a little bit in the West recently, Contenders Finals, but uh, yeah, yeah, probably don't want to stay on Widow 100% of the map. Uh, what a, also, when it comes to you mentioned the McCree play, he mm -hmm. also said that uh, Yang. Uh, just recently started running McCree. Really? Used to be Lee. Oh my yeah, God. he said it used so to be Leaf used it. to run it, and uh, Yang used to be almost exclusively 76. So, a little yeah, bit of fun facts about that. No, he was uh, crazy MI. good. Yeah, their Anna was really good too. Uh, I think he was swapping between Anna. He played Sombra on a, you know, that, um, just like, like a map or two, but he was he was noticeably super good too. Anybody else, Flame, like that really stood out to you on the on Miraculous Youngster for their play? 
I mean, the team was just solid. I wish that they didn't play Widow so much. Like, it's one of those <laughs> things where I actually think that the series would have just been, like, that much better. I, sometimes when teams lose and win, I can, like, in my head, I just attribute it to the composition. And, like, that's probably not always right. But it's one of those things where it's, like, it really just didn't work. So, like, I want to know what would have happened if they had played something a little bit strategically you know, better yeah strategically yeah. just safer or like sounder because it wasn't like a stomp even the maps that they lost weren't like mm. stompy but it was just you know like was well, it really one of them was, was. That really the play stuff like that yeah. one of them was pretty dorado was pretty bad dude like that was that was a pretty big stomp right uh mm, i don't think so it was more like i mean it was again it was the widow it's like they had yeah. miraculous juncture's cap first point in like record time they were pushing second and then they kind of got stumped at like the last second but well, Lunatic High is actually one of the best teams that just like delaying those really long yeah. right before you're about to cat fights and like that's their mm -hmm. strength. Um, yeah, so, so they kind of I mean, got stuck on second, it happens. There's a party that doesn't want to hate a team too much for trying out Widow because I feel like Widow is still one of those heroes where teams in the West have definitely not used it enough overall in terms of pushing your limits and otherwise. Probably didn't work out in this case, but it, it, it's interesting because Widow's one of those heroes where if you're not playing Widow constantly, you're not going to be an absolute shutdown Widow. So it's sort of this uh, outlier because of just the specific nature of Widow aim. Anytime you're doing stuff that's not Widow, I feel like it hurts your actual Widowmaker aim. So I don't know. Well, if we get the Mercy patch, we'll see a lot, a lot of Widow. That is true. Yeah, that's true. Um. Okay, well, anyways, the finals, like you kind of mentioned, Lunatic High ended up uh, beating C9, Kongdu 3-1. No no big surprises there. I mean, I think a lot of people were expecting that, uh, especially after seeing, um, well, actually, I would say after seeing Lunatic High and just what they look like um, with Fleta in, in the matchup. But Munchkin actually played in the finals, which he didn't play in the semifinals. I think Fleta and Zephyr played in the semifinals. So, um, yeah, how did Munchkin and Fleta look? Like, what... DPS duo, do you think looked the best? Who are you, Fleta or Fleta Munchkin? No, Fleta Munchkin looked like top tier across the entire world, honestly. Like, I, like they're probably like up there now with like the Taimu and the Effect and the Shadowburn Carpe. Kind <laughs> that of is scary. Yeah, when no, you they're like... definitely. <laughs> when you have the, the Shadowburn Carpe duo, this doesn't make much sense because he Carpe is a fish. How is he playing out of water? That's et cetera, true. et cetera. <laughs> God. Still my favorite Twitch meme, but <laughs> I will say that is actually, like, yeah. my most improved duo, I feel like, of the, like, if you look across the teams, like, what FaZe has been able to do with Shadowbird Carp is, like, pretty remarkable, given where FaZe was earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, if you put on, like, a top, like, top three TPS duo on top of their support players, which arguably top support players in the world... That's pretty scary, man. And then you know, then you throw in Miro and and Zumba. So it, it, that is uh, going to be very, very, um, very, very scary to see in Overwatch League whenever uh, the the season finally does start. Um, but anyways, yeah. So Lena Takai ended up winning the cup. That was, I think, it was sixty thousand dollars was the prize. It was it was a decent chunk of change. Uh, kind of fun event that uh, UGN does. I think it's once a year, right? The Soul Cup because this was like a StarCraft slash Overwatch thing. Uh, so yeah, they had StarCraft going out the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, definitely a cool thing by OGN. Uh, but getting back to you know what we normally talk about in terms of OGN, Apex uh, had their second semifinals uh, this uh, past Friday, and um, last week we did talk about just GC Busan advancing. Um, but you know this this semifinals was a pretty quick one. I mean, Runaway ended up just dominating NC Foxes. Um, anything you noticed there? 
Uh, any any things to take away from there, except for the fact that Runaway, you know, just obviously still playing just incredibly great that like they have been the last, I don't know, last three, four weeks now. No, I mean, it was just like a straight out classing. There wasn't really much to talk about that match. Yeah. It, was, it didn't look close. It didn't feel close. It wasn't particularly enjoyable to spectate. Like it was, it was just like a fast slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think everybody was, was hoping to get the runaway GC Busan after GC Busan, obviously and kind of making their, their late uh, season run. The Runaway versus GC Busan seemed to be the fan favorite matchup for the finals. So we're going to get a chance to finally see that in a couple weeks. Any predictions as to who you think is going to win? It's hard to say. I mean, personally, I would like to see Runaway take it uh, just because Mm -hmm. it's a nice uh, redemption story to begin with. And also, I mean, if Runner is destroying booths on winning normal games, imagine what he would do if they won the finals. Like, (laughs) I mean, he might destroy the entire arena. It's very possible. Yeah, whether it's destroying booths or or taking players out by like like accidentally hitting them in the heads and things like that. Yeah, well, it'll be pretty interesting to see what the ceremony is going to be for for runner there. Um, but I don't know. For me, I think they're they look pretty evenly matched right now. So it just might be just who's you know just hot that day who's you know playing them just a little bit on on the edge a little bit more than than um or at least more uh focused than than the other team that day but talent wise and strategy wise they seem or at least teamwork wise they seem to be on the same level so uh, it's, it should be an evenly matched one hopefully you get like an epic one that just goes to you know final game that'd be awesome to see i don't know i think after having uh multiple apex files i've gotten seven i think we're due for like a 4-0 oh come on i don't want to see a 4-0 that would suck uh, look just that on totally the odds suck. we're we're due for a 4-0 that's all i'm saying <laughs> no way man game seven's forever man that'd be amazing um yeah so anyways tune in to ogn global if you want to watch any of the uh, vods actually for soul cup or for apex you can go to twitch.tv slash ogn global to find those um, all right, so we have a topic that I figured we would bring just because we don't have quite as much news as we typically have. Uh, and this was one that was maybe a little bit more of a, a topic last week, but um, just the topic of one tricks, right, on the ladder. And, um, you, you know, I think recently, you know, we've been seeing obviously a, a lot more mercies and, um, you know, I think we showed the percentages on Thursday, just kind of how crazy it is right now in, in all levels. So, I kind of want to ask you guys, it, like, what you you know you think is uh, well for, for a is the one trick thing like a major issue in your mind, and then secondly, if it is, uh, what types of solutions do you think you know Blizzard can do, um, and, and or if can they even do anything about it? Uh, so well, first question: Is it a big problem right now? One tricks. Sure, and mm-hmm. the reason is that you're adding a lot of noise to the competitive matchmaking experience where you're going to have games that are effectively auto-lost because you get a mix of players on your team where you get, say, you know, four DPS or, like, four support or something, mm-hmm. and you can't make a good setup. I think the part here that I sort of take a more nuanced view is that people tend to blame the players going, oh, gee, why don't you switch? I think if you want to have a fully congruent experience where, you know, path to pro, all the rest, right? I think it's a little bit ridiculous to tell someone, like, if you're practicing to be a DPS player, you're not randomly going to support or main tank. If you're practicing to be a main tank, you're not going to support or DPS. If you're practicing support, generally speaking, you're not going to DPS or tank. There are cases where players will flex like this in the pro scene, but generally speaking, 
you don't see players really cross the lines too much. And, and the way the pro scene is going, you're going the more specialization and more like one tricking and like specialization even there. Mm -hmm. So to me, this indicates the idea that at some point, Overwatch competitive needs a role queue. Because I don't think it's right to blame the players for going, oh, DPS player, you should be going support. It's like, no, if you're trying to practice like a good DPS player, you should be able to queue as DPS and not get in situations where you're suddenly thrown to going support <laughs> randomly. I don't think that's right. particularly great. Yeah, so just for some clarification on maybe what one tricks are, you know, folks listening don't know what, what that is. That's basically when you have a player that only plays a specific hero. And that's like it, you know, they, they don't, they're not good at any other hero, or if they are playing other heroes, they're significantly worse at it. So if they're, you know, Grandmaster and Mercy, and then they did all of a sudden have to play, you know, I don't know, Reinhardt or something, they're going to be like gold level Reinhardts. And you can see where the issue is when it comes to matchmaking. Uh, but Flame, what do you think, what's your take on all this? Um, I don't know, without being too overly critical, um, you know. Flame shocker. not critical, what? I was going to say shocker, right? But... <laughs> I don't know. There's a few ways to fix it. I don't know if they need to announce that they're doing roll queue. I think that they can do roll queue themselves, honestly. I think that's like completely doable sure, in the back yeah. end without literally letting everybody know. I think I think actually one of the problems that Blizzard finds is that like a lot of the times they say stuff that they really don't need to say. Um, and that's probably an unpopular opinion in terms of like transparency. But if they updated the matchmaker to like literally try to put two supports, two tanks, and two DPS mains on each team, no one would notice. They would just be like, wow, these games are really good, but I didn't queue up for a DPS queue. But the game would just kind of know that you're queuing for DPS. Like, yeah. I feel like it's very easy to make it so that there's not three Mercy mains on the same team. Like, if I look at their stats and I see that someone has literally 90% of their time on Mercy and there's three people like that, I feel like the matchmaker should know that. So, like, there's definitely code you could put in there to say, like, don't put three Mercies on the same team, stuff like that. Um, and maybe try to put someone who's more of a off-tank player. I mean, obviously you're defining roles and Overwatch doesn't really want to define right. roles because you don't want to say like, oh, you know, Zarya is a DPS or Zarya is a tank, you know? But I think that there's definitely ways to fix it. Um, some of the problems that I have, I guess, is just, it's not so much the trolls as much as it is just like, sometimes the games just don't feel fun. And I still think that there's like a weird problem that exists just because the matchmaker will only let you get to 5,000 SR. And... Oh, the, really? I think the oh, skill okay. gap between 4,000 and 5,000, there's too big of a range. Like, you can one-trick Symmetra Junkrat pretty easily to 4K, but then once you get to, like, 4.4, it, like, stops working, generally speaking. So, um, but I think, like, there's... I think the skill gap between, like, 4,000 and 4,800 is, like, equally as big as, like, the skill gap between, like, silver and high plat, per se, which is, like... Um, like probably like double huge. or triple DSR. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, one thing that's okay. worth noting here too, just in case people don't know what's going on. So th there's really two issues here. First, there's the entire like role setup, and then there's the maining a hero that, generally speaking, you could have negative win rate and still be gaining SR on. Yeah. Because the way the system works is that it judges your contribution against other people playing that same hero at the same level. That's how you get cases where you have like a sub fifty percent win rate Symmetra that can get top 500. It's not that the player is actually helping his team win games most of the time. It's that he is outperforming other Symmetras at his SR. Right. That probably shouldn't happen. Like, there is something going on in the system where it's basically valuing every single hero equally and going, well, you're in the top 0.01% of this hero, therefore we value that. That probably shouldn't happen if the hero isn't good enough to win in those situations. Like, you know, for example, 
offensive or objectively, offensive Symmetra is not very good at winning games. It just isn't. It's why you never see in the pro scene. Generally speaking, the hero is not designed really for that. But if you're playing Symmetra the entire game long and you pick up a win or two on offense because your team is better in other areas, you and you get the contribution for being a Symmetra, you'll gain a lot of SR in that case, even if you're not really contributing heavily to the win because of the yeah. uniqueness of you playing a Symmetra. So yeah. that part of the system is definitely a little bit broken, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, there's definitely some... There are benefits to just playing selfishly or... or I think there's been a few Reddit articles that really, uh, post, or even an email. Actually, one of our, our um, uh, emails today really talks about his own experiment with, with you know, playing DPS and really just doing his own thing and not really anything with the team, and versus you know him playing support or switching and you know kind of talking about his results, which ended up favoring just the playing DPS and doing your own thing and not necessarily what the team wants you to do. So, uh, yeah, definitely some kind of flaw there. Um, the only thing I would well, say is that, like, roll queue is definitely a solution to this. Um, but like you said, Flame, like, Overwatch was not meant to be, like, defined by roles. Like, I, we've even talked about just the point of having offense and defense and, you know, uh, support. And just even those roles that are, are, that are um, just defined in the game are just more guidelines than they are, you know, in reality, like, what teams should be using for comps the, the problem um, is so here's the issue is that as yeah. a game evolves people get more specialized by default that's just how video games work yeah and eventually here, the issue that you're running into is that you know the grand idea for watching the game is like oh swap up to fit the need etc etc but the reality is, is that when you're putting six random people together expecting them to be able to communicate with each other and cr compromise with each other that create role setups when in reality, you have people that want to grind stuff out. Like, you have a guy who's going to go on and be like, I really want to grind DPS. I want to become a good DPS player. I have no interest in playing tank and support. That's going to be the mindset going in. And if you put three of those people on the same team, yeah. you've now created conflict, right? Where you're going, oh, just hash it out between yourselves and one person flex. Well, none of those three people might really want to flex. And I don't think they're necessarily wrong for not wanting to flex. I think that systems should be put in the place where it'd be roll queue, a stealth roll queue or what, that doesn't put people in those situations. I realize that there's sort of the drama of not wanting to set a meta or otherwise, but the reality is, is that there is a meta that's been set. You look at the pro scene and that you've always been in and around the nucleus of 222. I think that's a reasonably solid base to just set the game for a roll queue setup and we could get away from this era of blaming players for wanting to practice one role. Yeah, yeah I mean, you can even go as far as to say, like, I don't know. There, there's, like, extremes to it, I would say. Like, I don't even... Even if you didn't do role queue, I think that, like, just the concept of, like, if there's two people with 90% of their time on the same hero, just try your best not to put them on the same game, even if it's, like, Tracer or something. I mean, it becomes a little bit hard, and I understand why that's hard, because, again, if you have, like, a Reaper or, like, two seventy six mains, but there's a difference between someone who plays 76, 60% of the time, and Tracer 40 and someone who plays Mercy 99 sure. or I, like Symmetra 99 or Torbjorn 99. So like stuff like that, I feel like should be avoidable. But I, I still think that one of the bigger problems is just like the fact that there's so many gaps between, like there's just too big of a skill differential between 4,000 and 4,500. That's like infinitely larger than the other gaps in like well, comparable. Well, I, well, I think I, I think you also touch on issue there. Just the idea that the SR range should probably be opened up. 
I feel like the reason why they might not want to do that is just you get into the idea where it makes uh, the SR rating seem like a mountain. Like, even though we know there's a gigantic difference between like 3K and 4K, even like huge, huge, gigantic difference. It doesn't feel as bad from 3K looking up to 4K as if you stratified it to something that was probably more accurate. And instead, it was like 3K looking at like 5.5K or whatever. But even though the optics might be more intimidating to the player that's more in the middle, it does feel like things are way too scrunched. I would say that the scrunch range is between like 3750 and like uh, 4500 is where you actually have ridiculous amounts of variation between like every step there. And that could be more accurately represented between, like, say, you know, 3750 and 6000 would probably make I, more sense. I mean, I, I totally get that. But so I think extending the top of the range would actually help with what's going on, you know, like at the top of the ladder. But I don't feel like that would work the same, like at the bottom of the ladder, you know, where, where you know, you would still have like these people that play Mercy, like three Mercies playing on the same team, you know, in the, the lower skilled players are even less diverse, you know, than than the uh, the very skilled players. So I guess what I was trying to get at, ZPA, actually, before you know you were defending your your spot there, is just that, you know, I, I actually think that you you know there probably needs to be some kind of paradigm because how can you do matchmaking without setting some kind of paradigm? Which you know, in your example, is two two two, right? There has to be at least something to to base compositions off of. No, I mean, the, I mean, it's a fundamental right? problem of the game, right? It's, it's not a fundamental problem. Yeah, that's what I mean. It is a fundamental. Yeah, it's the sure. it's the problem that in Dota, every hero is kind of the same, right? They all have four abilities, they all have ults, and you can kind of mix and match their roles because items work and stuff like that. Sure. But in this game, it's a lot more. The roles are defined by the heroes, not the positions. You can't play support tracer. You can't play DPS mercy. Like that's not a thing. I mean, obviously, people will argue that, but. Point being that, like, the heroes define the roles. The roles aren't right. something that you can rearrange. So, like, you have to define Sombra as, like, a support, kind of. You can't define oh. her as a DPS. I mean, yeah, you right. can, but when it comes to, like, how the game is made, you can't run You can't run support tracer. It's just not a thing. Um, yeah. And that's the problem, yeah. is that it's not so much the fact that it's just how the game is, right? And But then it's also the fact that if you have Mercy and someone's playing Mercy and they can't swap because they don't have to aim and some heroes that don't have to aim that are getting higher performance-based SRs wind up getting to the top, but then suddenly you're at the top and there's a lot of Mercies at the top for whatever reason. Then they're on the same team and then they can't play anything else and then your game just feels super skewed. And, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say it's a scrap stuff, but you definitely need to like address that I think the performance-based stuff is definitely like hurting it more so than I agree even with that. the yeah even the climbing because even the mercies that are playing ninety percent you would assume that two mercies hitting ninety percent at the same time would be pretty hard right like they'd all be trading wins and then they wouldn't climb as fast because there'd be so many mercies but it doesn't feel like that right now so maining a hero isn't inherently bad but getting more per win because you mained a specific hero I think is a problem. I don't think they're. I mean, I'm not saying that that the game is flawed. I'm just saying that the matchmaking for Overwatch is something that we've not, you know, had never seen before. Like, there's no other game that you could use their matchmaking system and apply it to Overwatch. So, like with Overwatch, we have something that's completely unique to Overwatch, and trying to come up with something fundamental, you know, just like the fundamental principle of the matchmaker, I think is what we're talking about right now. 
And, and it's like, at first I was like, okay, maybe we could just like crunch all the numbers and figure out, you know, just like the best way to distribute it. It, it might take a lot of computing and, and maybe each, each player has lots of attributes that they use, you know, in the matchmaking algorithm and try to figure it out. But in the end, it still leads back to what is a balanced composition in, in, well, you know, you to make a team, right? So it's, it kind of always uh -huh. goes back to some kind of principle like that. My compromise has always been that you do roll queue with two, 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 which is uh, two support, two tanks, and then uh, two not support tanks. Uh, like, we're, by the way, I think the classifications of heroes probably is something that does need to be redone at some point. Where I think the offense defense thing actually just really confuses new players. It should be because a good example is that some of the labels don't even make sense, right? It has Widowmaker as a defense <laughs> hero, whereas yeah, yeah. she's very clearly in competitive play within the game, like better as something you pick on offense rather than defense. So uh, generally speaking, I think the roles should be cleaned up to where it's like tank support and then, you know, call it DPS, call it just general, whatever you want to call it, but not tank and support. So what you could do that you could do a roll queue of two, 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 and then you give players the option where if players agree, which is to say that means your team is communicating with each other. They have good vibes and, how it was envisioned that people would be acting to begin with. You could then like vote to unlock the roles and do something like three DPS if you wanted to or otherwise, oh. but only hmm. if the t players could communicate with each other. Okay, this is like I, I don't want to lock like, anything. Kind of wild to me. I yeah. think like I think like this. I don't know. I don't want to say this is simple and it's going to work, but I think like a good starting point would be like just make sure that there's one person who prefers tank heroes on each team, and then make sure that there's one person who really prefers like flex support mercy on on each team yeah. and just like start with that when you start making games then just let everything else fall into place like i don't think that there's a problem That's... with like dps players swapping to zen or lucio i think that there's a problem when like you just have people who all want to play dps or all want to play mercy like that's what feels bad i don't know that we need to like i don't even think forcing the 222 i think just forcing a 111 is good and then just everything else can just be whatever it is well it'd be better than what it is now but it's still not perfect either i mean that that's definitely not no know, but i mean i'm just saying still, like if you yeah. tried to do a 222 restriction you'd wind up with like diamond reinhardt's with like gm tracers like the games would take 20 minutes to find and then you'd have a 10 minute game of anubis and be like all right we just waited longer than i played and but on the same note you would have a floor there where you would not you wouldn't have the frustration of, oh, I guess we're not that. Also, I don't think you'd get Diamond Reinhardt's. I think you just, you yeah, wait until you have tank. Right. Like, you it's... could make the matchmaker wait. It would absolutely cause the longer wait times because what you're doing there is that in the longer wait times, you're filtering out all the games where you get a bunch of people that are not filling basically basic roles. Yeah, but I mean, there's a ratio here, right? Like, the problem is that a, a game of Li Zhang can take literally five minutes. Sure. And, like, you don't want your cues <laughs> yeah. to be three minutes. It's the same thing when we're watching Overwatch, right? Like, if, if we watch a game, if the breaks, which happened a few times in, like, tournaments, like, if the breaks are longer than the maps, then you, like, or even, like, close, then people just get mad. You're like, why am I watching this? You know, like, I expected more gameplay. And I think that that's, there's, like, there's definitely a balance there where it becomes not worth it to have the matchmaker waiting for too long. Yeah. Well, in an ideal world, you would get... With a uh, forced roll queue, you would get less stomps as well, so you wouldn't necessarily have the like super quick Lijongs or the full held hybrid maps nearly as often. In yeah. theory, in theory, yeah. Well, anyways, like I, I think any of those things we talked about are, are better than what it currently is, and you know, right now, I think that you know, hearing a little bit more talk, 
each and every day or whatever that, you know, people are just not having fun, you know, playing on the ladder. And, um, you know, normally it's just kind of like, you know, a funny thing to say or whatever, or maybe even post on Reddit. But I'm, I'm, I feel like right now I, I, it's a little bit higher than it's ever been. Oh, you want to hear my other thought? Uh-oh. I want like, I want phone number verification on Ranked. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. No, Valve has it on like all their yeah, games. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's good. I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's stupid explain. that people can make Smurfs and pay forty bucks to like drop n bombs and really racial homophobic slurs in chat and okay. then get away with it. And like, yeah. I don't know who I'm reporting, you know. Smurf- and then like, kind of one trick a hero because they think that they need to practice it, but they won't. You know, like stuff like that just ruins matchmaking. Smurfs in general, actually, I've done a bit of a 180 on this over time. I actually agree that Smurfs should probably be eradicated to some extent. Like. The problem is, and this is where, you know, I've leveled up plenty of accounts of fun just to see the different uh, areas. And let me tell you that going from 3,500 to GM is actually easier at times than going like 3K to 3.5K. And the reason is, is that there's like a just a hell zone there where it's just like the perfect uh, sort of meeting place of Smurfs where it's just like, Oh, you know, you have players that are generally GM level where it's just like, I'm going to mess around on my Hanzo Smurf or my this Smurf, and it all like puts them at that particular range. So you just have ridiculous amounts of thrown games. People just like, haha, this isn't my main lol one trick. This is my <laughs> Smurf. It's like, uh, Smurfing actually is frustrating. Although I will say that I think the reason why the Smurfing issue is as big as it is is that quick play is way too protected right now. Quick play has incredibly long queues for people uh, at the moment, like it has for a really long time because it's heavily protected in the matchmaker. I think if quick play was actually true to its name in quick play, where it would put you in a match almost instantly, you would cut down on a bit of the chaos ladder that you get right now. I mean, wouldn't it just be using a similar algorithm that the ladder's using? No, I think it, I think quick play should literally have no algorithm. I hate I the fact that there is any SR checks in quick play. I think hmm. having an SR in check in quick play just makes it stupid unfun. Like I this is something that I actually I get pretty with that, no, no, but... no, this is no. It's your like whatever logic you have, I'm gonna tell you why it's wrong. <laughs> because I literally I have so many friends that play and like you can't play with them. You actually yep. just can't like you can't play oh. with them. And you're, you're talking about like the restriction argue, like that. Okay, I, I agree. That I want like no, I want this thing to not check my SR. I want this thing to not check my party's SR. I literally just want to be able to jump into a game and it just finds the closest 12 people and we play. And if someone leaves, it tries to fill their spot as fast as possible and people just come in and leave. Like, I there, I can't play sub games. Like, I can't play games with my subs because if they're too low, it'll pull them into GM quick play games. And then suddenly it's just not fun for them. Let's clarify. Okay, Pull them I, in. You have to GM quick play games after making you wait like seven minutes. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, <laughs> you have friends that want to play with you. Like, I have friends that are, like, not professional players or, like, not, you know, they're just yeah. casual Overwatch players. And they're like, oh, we should play some time. And I'm just like, I can't. And the moral of the story here is because quick play is busted and, like, takes so long to find games because it's so worried about SR, this fuels people yeah. making, like, dumb Smurfs and going the ladder and not giving a shit because they can't do that in quick play. Like, if you had a quick play with no, like, MMR whatsoever, the people that just wanted to, like, dick around and play Hanzo, they would probably just go to quick play. And yeah, they would just there, and be play. like, they'd be like, LOL, I'm Hanzoing the crap out of people in quick play. It's instant, it's well, great, it's fun. And it would remove a lot of that noise from the ladder. Well, 
I I don't disagree that it should be much more lax than it is, but you have to have some parameters on it. No, like maybe, you really shouldn't. May, because maybe what it's I'm just a, what purely, if I'm a GM playing with a bronze? You yeah, want so you want just to take the average. A, just take the average. No, but then you're just, what? You're going to force me to play against a five stack of masters with my bronze player because yeah. there's one GM player in it. It literally needs to be like TF2, where you just go into a pub. It doesn't care who's in there, and you just kill each other nonstop. Right. You can like even have the respawn timers or something in quick play well i'm, like it needs well, to I'm, just I'm, I'm envisioning like a... i'm envisioning the players though i mean because not every player plays on the ladder and just goes to quick play just to goof off there's some people that actually play quick play as their main way of playing yeah and but that's it, fine the thing is I mean. that all that stuff evens out over time where they're gonna get like the crazy pro player on their team from mm -hmm. time to time and again don't forget the amount of people that play overwatch generally speaking mm -hmm. the odds that you get like the crazy high player in your quick play game when the amount of people that are like effectively like 2k to 2.5k grossly outnumber the amount of people that are 4k plus they're not gonna be running into these high rated players in their quick play games very often anyways even if you removed all the shackles from quick play. i mean don't you wouldn't you argue that like the odds of i mean that's like arguing that pub stomping is like inherently bad which like you could argue but it like it's just like a fundamental concept of games like i feel like it just doesn't exist in this one like for whatever reason like to protect I mean, whoever you're right that there is no i mean the closest thing is just playing some of those arcade games because there there clearly is no no uh you know mmr or any kind of matchmaking when it comes to like mystery heroes and crap like that so uh, I think that's. The I don't think that's thing. actually true, by the way. I think Deathmatch really? absolutely does. Oh, Deathmatch! I'll give you that. Deathmatch, they probably do. Yeah, I don't think the others they do though. Like the point no. is, if I'm if my friends like, hey, teach me how to play Overwatch. What am I gonna do? Watch sit you gotta there go and into watch an arcade. Their stream? <laughs> you have to go into one of those arcade. Yeah, go games. teach them and go teach them at Mystery Heroes how to play Overwatch better. Like that's what annoys me. Yeah. Okay. I I I give you that one. All right, well, we've obviously spent some time on that uh, one trick, but you know, there definitely is an issue, and hopefully they'll do something about it just to help with the situation right now. Um, but kind of going into some of the questions, um, I kind of referred to, to Quentin L., who had a question. Just He's the guy that I was talking about that kind of did his own experiment. Um, so hopefully we answered your question there, Quentin. Um, but kind of moving on to Michael G., he has a question. Do you believe that a salary cap uh, for teams would be beneficial for the health of Overwatch League in the long term. I personally believe one would help keep a level playing field for all teams, especially when Overwatch League uh, uh, grows to lesser marketable locations. So yeah, salary cap, what do you guys think? Uh, salary cap, uh, I mean, I think it's something that's generally needed in sports as a general rule, where you take a look at any sort of traditional sporting setup that doesn't have... Uh, a salary cap things devolve into chaos in regards to a super rich team being able to just dominate with pure amounts of money so mm -hmm. yeah salary cap is needed yeah i mean it, it's more of a timing thing i think for me more than anything i think like right now probably not just because of the way the ecosystem is but at the same time i don't think people are like crazily overspending this season i'm sure someone has but yeah. at the end of the day I'll, i'd say that it's probably more it's definitely beneficial but I think it needs to be implemented correctly and, you know, at the right time. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a, it, it's a good question because I think that, um, you know, from a, a very idealistic standpoint that, yeah, even playing field, uh, you know, wherever, wherever you are located, you know, if, you, if you're in the league, you should have equal, 
you know, uh, equal chance at, at players and everything. But when you're talking about in terms of trying to get a league going, you know, like in the early years, I'm wondering if it's actually good to see, you know, certain teams maybe dominate in the beginning so that, you know, there, there becomes like almost, you know, a dynasty that you can kind of point to and, and it's marketable and things like that. What do you think about that whole premise? I mean, without, I don't know. I ha- the problem is that with Overwatch League, it didn't have a draft. It didn't have like any regulation on how things went. It was kind of very Wild West. And oh, how it starts. Yeah. I mean, this is. Yeah. So, like, right now, players. it's one of those things. It's like you find the players, you get them, and then that's it, right? Like, sometimes maybe you have to fight for one of them or s- stuff like that happens. But... but we're in a state right now where I feel like there's a lot of players very close you know i mean the skill ranges you know i I don't feel like there are like you know the very clearly there there's this one guy that's just you know like lebron james or you know the michael jordan of this league and you know and it's it's just very very clear that you can just you should be paying this guy in just crazy crazy amounts of money i feel like in this first season we don't quite have that kind of delineation if we do have those type of players there's like a, a good number of them you know there's maybe like 10 of them or or 15 of them or something like that. Um, so, I mean, we're still in the situation where I'm, where I'm trying to say is that, like, we, we're not sure how good all these players are quite yet, you know, in this kind of an, a league environment. Um, but I'm just wondering if, like, I'll give you an example. Like, let's just say the NBA, right? In the 80s, I think the NBA benefited quite a bit with having the Celtics and the Lakers having, you know, maybe even before that, Philadelphia, right? Having their dynasties. And, I mean, the NBA wasn't, making that much money like in in the late 70s and early 80s it wasn't until like the magic and, and larry birds came into the league and, and those those two franchises really took it to the next level with their gameplay and just the rivalry right i'm wondering if that sort of i mean it was maybe lucky in, in terms of what happened with the nba there but i'm wondering if i don't know in, in some ways putting an environment where that could happen easier than then when you have something where everybody has salary caps and must, you know, pay the same amount to, um, in terms of a roster is more beneficial to a league early on in its growth. Oh, I think in terms of like, like saying a salary cap, but otherwise you have to mm-hmm. ideally set the stuff up early. I mean, who knows uh, what has been put into place in regards to this? Like, mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot we don't know about salary and otherwise aside from like random things that have been leaked where, you know, supposed player salaries. But mm-hmm. I would assume that given the fact that you have people involved with traditional sports that are involved in designing all of this, that uh, presumably lessons have been learned from other setups. Like, I don't know. That's what I would think. Because we've seen baseball, right? Baseball has been for the most part, not salary capped, you know, like um, in terms of, of a lot of the franchises like the Yankees, right? They're famous for just paying players in inordinate amounts of money just to get them there, right? Hasn't worked out for them a lot of times. Worked out for them sometimes too. But, you know, for baseball, it, it seemed to be okay. You know, then we have the opposite, in ter- you know, in terms of uh, salary cap where we see, you know, the NBA and NFL, I think, are, have always been a little bit more, um, you know, restricted from that standpoint. So, it kind of works. I think either way, at least we've seen that, um, that, that it's worked in, in historically speaking, but I'm just kind of curious. Cause you know, I, I don't think I know a ton about each of the leagues when it first started, 
you know, and just kind of like what happened when, when these things first started. I know we have a lot of experienced people in the NBA and in and, and NFL and things like running these teams, but, you know, we're talking about just more of the league itself starting off. Yeah, I mean, I assume that once you start putting stuff like that in place, then like the corruption becomes a little bit more apparent because there's probably like, I would like, I'm already imagining ways around a salary cap, right? Like you could have like sponsors pay more money to the players on an individual <laughs> level. It's like boosters. Like there's ways to get, yeah, there's like ways to yeah. boost money that isn't just direct salary or like upping prize pool splits per players and stuff like that and like making them get oh, paid contracts. Oh, that's true. Actually. Yeah. Like, I, like yeah. I feel like that would require a lot of regulation and like almost manual checking stuff like that i don't know that sounds it sounds like a good idea but it also sounds like something that would be easily dodged and worked around what just salary cap generally yeah i mean imagine if you i don't know imagine if you made you could just put in the contract that you'll receive 50 percent of this sponsor's money or something and then maybe that makes up for like 50 or sixty thousand dollars that isn't in your salary like does that count towards your salary cap do buyouts count towards your salary cap like mm -hmm. And never forget, uh, as you get into the things that, you know, you see in the NFL now, where what about other things that the player has? Like, what if the player has a, you know, coaching service? Like, if that's even were remotely promoted by the team, does that count as part of it? Uh, yeah. If, if I pay you, you, if if I pay you money through there, if yeah, I pay you $100,000 per show mm -hmm. that you do once a month, does that count towards your salary? Like, I don't know. It's weird. You would need, <laughs> there's there'd, there'd be so much yeah, auditing and shit. Like, I feel like, it, yeah, you need, you need like unions and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I think the salaries right now in those other sports are just so big right now that it just it doesn't make that big a difference. Uh, even though you do have shoe like sponsorships that are ridiculous amounts or endorsements that are crazy, but it doesn't seem to be as big of a factor just because the salaries are so huge in the others. Um, but anyways, yeah, I think salary cap um, is. I would be surprised if that's not something that they they look at pretty early on. Uh, but anyways, Jacob J uh, has a question. With um, he's asked the question I have for you is as content creators, how do you expect your content platform to change if uh, Overwatch League reaches its desired scope? People are focusing on how infrastructure of the league itself is developing. There's also, there's also going to be a huge space media-wise that needs to be filled with journalism and other original content. Do you all have any plans to step it up for Overwatch League since you guys are already taking on some of that responsibility in the current scene with your podcast? Will you? Will your content pay more attention to the tens, thousands, wait, tens, hundreds of thousands of casual fans expected to flood into the scene? Okay. I mean, so basically he's asking whether or not would you go out of your way to just sort of dumb down is the right word, but um, base, you know, yeah. make considerations towards new players and explain stuff. I mean, I don't know. I think for content, I think at least uh, Flame, I'm not sure how you would handle it, but for me, I would still really stay the course of what I'm doing here. There's going to be plenty of resources for people to learn the game. I don't think you have to <laughs> really tamp down your higher end analysis uh, in regards to that. Like there's all stepping stones, right? Um, yeah. I mean, yes and no, right. There's a, I mean, the question's double sided, right? There's like, do I, do you want to appeal to casuals and then are you going to step up your game for Overwatch League? And I think like, I mean, from, from my perspective, I mean, I'm not on the desk, right? I'm not talent for Overwatch League. So from what I'm doing, I would say that it makes more sense for me to like try to grow my, you know, whatever I'm doing, like analysis or <laughs> well, to be clear, talking and like making it so that there's 
more people to watch now because there's we have what we have the 30k people that watch omms right there was like 30k maybe so let's assume that there's like 50k 60k people that are like the hardcore overwatch viewers that like know the scene you know basically the subreddit the yeah like up on the leaks like they care they follow it to be clear there's a difference between what you would do if you were broadcasting for owl versus what you're doing if you're doing a podcast or youtube yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like i mean yeah because i mean i the question i'm responding to here is just like what you do for like youtube content or even just this show let's just talk about this show right like do we dumb dumb it down and maybe talk about more you know like talk about a lot of these things from the standpoint of I, i don't even know exactly how we would do it but um for me, I think, like, if I'm answering it in terms of, like, the show, I don't think the show needs to change much, to be honest. Like, I, I think we kind of already do that to a certain extent. No, but I would you know, say like, I agree, but I, I would say that from the perspective of, I mean, from my perspective, not from the show's perspective or not from, like, ZP's casting perspective, from my perspective, there's going to be a massive opportunity to appeal and to educate players that don't know literally Jack about the entire scene and like overwatch league is going to be a really good spot for that because everything will be new the players will be established there won't be like any roster flopping there won't be any variations the names will be clean the rosters will be clean like you'll know exactly what you're getting yourself into and there will be a lot of opportunity just to you know this is what overwatch is this is why they pushed here this is why this team is better than this team this is why this player is starting over this player um, from an educational standpoint, I think that there's going to be a shitload of like content that I'll personally be able to put out, and I plan on putting out. Mm-hmm. But it, it definitely will ramp up for Overwatch League, and I would imagine that this show will have a lot more to talk about yeah. every I mean, week. We'll, we'll have more, more matches, and there's yeah. more you know, drama and, and stuff drama, like that. Yeah, yeah. Totally, there'll be a lot more creativity that that we can, well, you know, include. The other thing too is I imagine like the first season of Owl, like there's just gonna be a lot of news in general, right? You're gonna have player stories, you're gonna have coach stories, you're gonna have management stories, like everything, right? Because you know, like any sports competition, it's gonna be winners and losers. You're gonna have some teams that are doing really well across the board, some teams that are, you know, not doing so well. Like like you have in traditional sports, right? Where you know you have a team that's you know, they go 0 16 in the NFL. Like, there's issues there. Like, who knows? You might have a team that you do that not happens. want to be the Detroit Lions of the Overwatch. <laughs> no, 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 you do not. <laughs> no, you don't. You definitely don't. But these are all going to be stories, right? In terms of how people play and perform. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I would say, like, r- people that write articles, there's going to be like a ton of things to write about, I-, I-, I would say, compared to now. I mean, we do see some, you know, like text only journalists right now, but I, I think there's going to be room for a lot more. You know, once we start, and maybe each team has their, I mean, own writers too. And obviously, each team's going to have their own content makers, you know, just video makers and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, there's obviously going to be a lot more, um, you know, from a media standpoint. And I think like podcasts, like, you know, the overview, I think we'll just be able to cover even more. And I think we'll be able to, focus more just on the 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 league itself versus like everything that's been going on because that's kind of what we do every week right now is we kind of we're like going to korea and talking about that and we're talking you know like we're kind of jumping everywhere from week to week where i think when once over like overwatch league starts we can just like really focus on the league and and you know get into whatever the matchups are even just whatever drama is going on with with the teams just what you would see more traditional sports um yeah i mean i'm just like the question too is like 
maybe there's going to be room for like inside the owl. Like that'll be our show, you know, <laughs> right. Like, I'll make right. that. Maybe I'll get like right. a, you know, like there's, I think that's inside the owl just sounds like a zoo documentary. I know. We'll get David. Inside the, and like watch. Inside the watch. That's what we call it. Inside the watch. No, that sounds it's too much like our own watch. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean though? Yeah. I know what you mean. But, um, but yeah, there's anyways, there's, there's potential for a ton and uh, you know, I think it's going to be, just you know super fun and yeah the casual fans kind of coming in i don't know if there's you know like you said they're making videos and stuff like that it's going to be interesting to, to how you get that to these people you know like how do you actually do that because is it going to be showing up before matches you know like how do people dive into it like i, I mean i've never been mean? in that position to be honest like i don't know what, what that's like like what trying, trying to you know, um, learn about it, like a, a sports scene for the first time or an, an esports scene. And I feel like I'm always there from the beginning of whatever esport that I, uh, I like to, to watch. No, I mean, okay, casting is a big part of it. I think that there's definitely a gap here that could be filled for educational casting that isn't something that we've been pushing for yeah. or that anyone has really been pushing for. Um, well, well, we the see casting part. We it see depends more. on the yeah. event, right? Like we've definitely yeah. had more. Yeah. No, no, I, but I'm saying like we don't have like a newbie stream. That's not a thing in Overwatch yet. We've had streams that are definitely more cat, like casual focus, like that World Cup Sydney thing that you and Mitch did, or the E League uh, national TV. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying like, imagine you're a new viewer. Are you gonna want the hardcore? Like, will you be able to follow the hardcore? Like ZP, Mitch, or Uber, you know, whatever, Doa Monty kind of cast? Or would you be looking for more like that purge kind of, this is a hero, this is an ability, this is why they're doing this? And like, uh, maybe, maybe like that'd be a good segment so, or a good show to have for the beginning of Overwatch League. Like, that's something that like I think I would like want to do, yeah. you know? Like, that's something, like something to note here for the NFL. Like, I haven't gotten a chance to watch yet, but I've heard very good things about uh, Tony Romo and what he's been doing. Has he been dumbing things yeah. down or has he just been. Mm, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think Tony Roma has been doing a really good job for his like first, you know, like official year as a, a broadcaster. Um, he's got a good way of doing like kind of mixing both though. He's, he's been really good about mixing an analysis with just the thing about you know, being thing a little about, bit like, of color too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing about football too, is that like, I don't want to say everybody knows it, but you can kind of take for granted that most of the time that you're watching football, someone that you're watching it with also understands it. Yeah, and that's no, like you're giving a lot of credit to people that actually don't understand football. No, no, no. I, I just mean like generally speaking, I would say that like you have fans that watch it because they like like the team's colors or their parents were really involved and they don't care why they're yeah. watching it. You know, like they just want to watch it. But then there's also like most of the time there's someone I would say at least in my experiences that like understands football. You know, maybe they call it hand egg to be funny, or maybe they like start that conversation of why is why is this so fun to watch? What's the objective here? And like they don't understand the offsides, they don't understand the first downs. But, like, there's usually someone there to explain it. Like, the hurdle that Overwatch has is that the game is so new that the viewers, sometimes viewers, even players go into the game and they don't really understand what they're doing or why they're doing it or why they're picking a certain hero. And, like, that's where you need to educate them. Like, that's how you get viewers. Like, you yeah. need people to learn. If you don't learn, you don't come back. Like, people watch yeah. Dota for the first time and then never watch it again. Well, and getting someone to come back for the 10 games where they don't understand anything is the hardest part. And I think that that's, like what you need to do you know like you need to you need to grab those players figure out a way to like hook them or at least get them interested and somewhat a little bit educated and then make it simple for them so that they're not just yeah. completely overwhelmed at the beginning 
Yeah, I think we'll see that. I mean, we saw a little bit of that with the E-League. You know, I think that there were, you know, certain, you know, whether there were clips or, or things like that that were added to the broadcast to help with that. I know we've seen it in Heroes with, like, college, like you know, their collegiate event. You know, I think it was Heroes of the Dorm and stuff. They, they definitely have, like, these clips that they show. You know, they'll just, like, give really, I don't know, 10, 15-second kind of explanations of what, like, the units do and stuff like that. So I could totally see Overwatch having those type of things included into the broadcast, which doesn't really interrupt the, the casting and the, you know, what you guys actually do on the desk. It's just something that's added to the, the production. So you guys wouldn't have to necessarily worry about it as much, you know, it no, would it's just, be, it's like content like, that's missing. Like yeah, imagine like yeah. I'm sitting, imagine like me. Yeah, I get uh, it. Just I mean, Taylor the desk, Taylor the desk from World Cup. Imagine like me, Golden Boy, Zoe and Jamerson or something, just sitting on like a couch, like giving an explanation of the game at like the basic level as like a 30 minute segment that becomes like a YouTube video on the play overwatch channel. Like you could do stuff like that every week and like, just keep making them smarter. Yeah. And I think yeah, like, sure. that's a massive, you know, like stuff like that has a massive potential that just doesn't exist right now. I mean, and there's like, a lot of YouTubers that already do that. Sort of thing. Yeah. But they're not, it's not on it's the same like, level and it's not official and it's not like, it's not official. I it becomes that. a lot more like clickbaity. And I think that that's like not the, that's the route you want to take. I don't know. YouTube is definitely full of a lot of clickbait. Yeah, in fairness. <laughs> it's like, is this That's hero garbage now? Please click my link to find out. It's like, hey, dude, uh, imagine Malik, too. Malik could get in on it, too. And you just oh, Malik would be a great person. Only by be the HP, T-Mobile, exactly. Junior Pay, and no, Blizzard Entertainment. Yeah, yeah dude. I could totally see Malik doing those. Yeah, that'd be good. For the record, I don't begrudge YouTube uh, creators for doing clickbaity stuff. Obviously, it works. But on the same note, it's sort of... It makes you make videos and like put questions in people's minds that aren't actually remotely there. It's just like, uh, it's you. Like any time, I mean, <laughs> that's what the whole point of it is. is. Junkrat viable <laughs> on this map on this point at this time? Find out. Like, I don't want that. I want Junkrat, like finally. Welcome to welcome to Overwatch. Like, I don't know. Just fun fact of the day. Welcome to Learn Overwatch. Overwatch yeah, brought to exactly. you by Play Overwatch, yeah, T-Mobile, yeah, yeah. Union yeah. Pay. HP and then Blake does his little intro and then it cuts to like a clip and we if explain. You ever wonder what the payload is? The payload yeah, is this. <laughs> and then you like show clips of immortals <laughs> getting off the cart and you're just like, don't do this. If, if you wonder what people say when they say scene pulling a C9, this is what yeah, like is. we can call it like behind the memes and like the oh my god, like yeah, there's so, like, you can do segments that could be like that could be the one segment. Like there's when a young there's, man, there's, there's, there's when a young man gets off the point in Korea, right. how does this evolve into the C9? Meme. I'm just saying, like, you could do like a history of Overwatch and you could like show the C9s of Volskaya yep. and Apex. Yep. You could show I'm with like, you, Flame. I'm with you. I'm totally with this you. Is, this is the stuff that I want to do. <laughs> Forget the desk. We're making <laughs> content Overwatch for you. We're educating the viewers on the memes, oh the gameplay, God. and the scene at large. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, that seems to be a good place to, <laughs> to, to end the show. Um, Man, we almost got 90 minutes in regardless of like not having that much. But uh, thanks, everybody, for emailing us some uh, good questions today. And again, if you want to email us, you can do that at theoverview at chamanv.tv. 
I uh, just want to remind everybody, too, that you can listen to us on your way to work or if you're in the gym or whatever. You can find us on iTunes as well as Google Play. I love working out. To SoundCloud. The- yeah, SoundCloud. Yeah, <laughs> Please <laughs> work out to us. Dude, some work people out do. to us. Nothing I bet there's one person voice in the morning. I bet there's one Yeah, dude, like, I, please yeah. just, like, listen to my voice as you burn <laughs> calories on the elliptical. Let's let's go. <laughs> that- fucking flame and he's like <laughs> he's just like on the treadmill damn it we're <laughs> helping them burn calories all right if you work out and listen to the show please either tweet us or email us and let me know because i'm gonna prove prove these guys wrong somebody listens to us whenever they're they're working out but anyways you can find us guys on on it just search for overwatch or the overview you'll find us if you like the show please leave a five-star review helps out in terms of finding us seo wise but uh, let's do some shout-outs. Flame, got any shout-outs? Yeah, I mean, my Discord, my viewers. We're getting big. My, my yeah, Discord's growing, are. and my, I'm, I'm peaking on subs right now. It feels good, man. Not having a job feels good, too. <laughs> Not going to work well, every day for a month feels real good. Well, you do have a job. It just doesn't feel like a job, kind of. Kind of, sort of, right? I mean, you're doing well, something. I mean, waking up, the nice thing is, like, I'm mostly working with people on the West Coast and, like, I'm on East Coast, so I have until, like, 12 before anything happens, you know? Right. And, like, you can, I can, like, wake up at 9, walk the dog, go to the gym, and, like, I didn't miss anything because the day didn't start yet, technically, right? <laughs> yeah, zone. yeah. It feels real good. Yeah, all right, cool. So, shout out to the Flame Discord, of course. Uh, ZP, how about you? Uh, Snatch out. Follow me on Twitter, Twitter, at TempoZP. Uh... Wow, Nor- this is normally this is where I plug uh, upcoming events, but uh, a little bit of a dead zone. But hey, guys, yeah. Overwatch esports always evolving. You going to TwitchCon, DP, or no? No. Ah, all right. I'll see you at BlizzCon then. See both of you at BlizzCon. That'll be fun. Um, if you guys, anybody out there that's going to TwitchCon, just look for me there. I'll be uh, definitely um, round and about doing. Uh, I'm doing a podcast panel on Saturday. And then right after is Streamer Showdown on the glitch stage. So, um, yeah, if you're looking for. Obviously, streamer showdown, the game show, and, and Wait, we didn't talk about the patch. This guy's right. I feel bad. Oh my god, we didn't talk. Oh, what is god. wrong with us? Holy crap, we totally forgot about the patch. Oh, oh man, god. we'll talk about the patch. I mean, we got a week to talk about the patch. I mean, geez, just just let the patch just kind of brew out there for a little Ruined. bit more. Even first, more, it got nerfed. There's justice in the world. I mean, we we've known about this patch on PTR for a while now, so we just we need to actually see how it settles like, in the ladder, anyways. So. That's my excuse for not talking about No, they changed. Wasn't the live they, they, yeah, they changed, today? Yeah, so yeah. basically instead of changing res so you got nothing out of Valkyrie for it aside from yeah. the range, you now get an extra charge. That right, we talked about it last so week, double right? res. Yeah. No, it was different last week. This yeah, it was, was different. Like, no, but we no, talked about like, like, Blizzard saying, screw the PTR, it's going alive. We're doing it live. And that's what they did. Oh, oh yeah. The, the, the change was is that yeah. they changed Valkyrie so it didn't give an extra res whatsoever, like no reset. Now it gives mm-hmm. an extra charge of res. So effectively, it means it's that two, if you blow right? alt, you can res twice. It's nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But we're missing. There's a, All right. So like we can ignore it. But I want to talk about the implications <laughs> of them not putting it on PTR and how excited I am that they didn't put it on PTR. Okay. All right, fine. We won't. I, I mean, we can talk about we'll it. Do it next time. <laughs> Whatever, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Patch fit note. Here we go. Patch fit note. Here we go. Real quick. That they didn't put it on PTR. I, I mean, does it really matter? Does it really oh, matter, it was guys? On PTR? I mean, was the the new mercy changes on PTR? Am I dumb? I, I, well, last week we talked about them, you know, posting about potentially doing that, right? Was the two? Char- I thought the two charges was never on PTR. Maybe it was. Maybe I'm wrong. All right, it was. Then I'm wrong. Forget it. 
I'm not as excited anymore, but I messed up. I didn't realize it was on PTR. Okay. All right. So continuing my shout outs, we'll talk about the fashion more once, uh, once we get a, a, a week, week of, uh, data underneath our belts and see, see how much uh, I like the patch by the way. Yeah. Well, that's my input on that. It's, it's definitely interesting. It's 1130. It's been a long time. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, why don't we wrap up? Uh, it's been a good show. Uh, we'll be back next week. And, um, again, if you see, if you're going to TwitchCon, let me know, look for me. But for uh, Flame ZP and myself, Champion B, we will see you next week.